Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Goddess of Crypto. I am your host, Hallie Evelyn. So I have been thinking about the Elvis movie. This is the Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie that just came out ever since I saw it. And I was especially intrigued to see that Elvis was arrested or almost arrested, but really in the movie, he was arrested. In real life, he was almost arrested for dancing. The sacred divine feminine is creative, abundant, flowing, receiving, and disruptive. And the new energy of money, including cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and even the metaverse, is all these things too. Welcome to the Goddess of Crypto, a weekly show where women who are already in this powerful space will cover these topics simply so you can relax into knowing that the future of finance is female. And what I was thinking about is the idea that Elvis was actually more subversive than we thought. We look at him now and we think, oh, he was tame compared to you know what we see today. But there was a judge in my state of Florida, my adopted state of Florida, Jacksonville, who apparently was so close to arresting him that warrants had been issued. And as they show in the movie, there were actually policemen stationed at every exit to make sure that Elvis couldn't get out should he have even wriggled his hips a little bit. The judge said that his hip movement was animalistic and vulgar. And Elvis said, apparently at the time, that it didn't have anything to do with sex. He was like, I just can't sit still when I sing. I thought about this a lot. And in fact, I know all this now because I researched it. I looked into it more deeply. When we see things like the, I'm thinking about the Jennifer Lopez and Shakira a halftime performance a couple of years ago at the Super Bowl, or the way a lot of rappers dress just in general, and any Madonna concert, like going back to the 80s, there has been a real shift between what that judge was thinking of when he was declaring something vulgar and animalistic, and what we now consider like a perfectly normal Tuesday in the music business. What's happened is that we have evolved. We have gotten used to it. And what does that have to do with your money? And what does that have to do with crypto? Well, kind of everything. Because there has been so much controversy about the introduction of cryptocurrency, blockchain technologies, there's so much fear around it. And yet it is very indicative of how we as a society, we're not just this Western society, but really as how we as the human race act when we are confronted with change or when we're confronted with something that is new. And our general reaction tends to be we get super uncomfortable at first, and then slowly things will, by continued exposure, become comfortable enough that we start to get more accepting. This is actually no different from trying to get a kid to eat broccoli. They say it takes between five and 10 exposures to a vegetable for a child to stop saying how much they hate it. By the way, I was in a restaurant the other night and the kid's menu was, I don't want that. I hate that. I'm not going to eat that. And I'm not hungry. (laughs) 
It was the usual like chicken tenders, and macaroni and cheese, but those were the titles of the items. And I thought that was very, very clever. But that's because most kids don't really like to do anything new. And we are no different by the time we become adults. So I wanted to share with you, I have a list if you are watching this on YouTube, if you're listening, just hear the paper rattling. I have a list of things that have been considered really not acceptable by the people at large, by the decision makers, by the lawmakers, and but really just by people in general over the years. And I didn't go back very far. I just went back to the beginning of the 20th century. So women voting, which I just pulled one quote, would turn back the hands of time by a thousand years. That was the belief of the men. And this was a particular gentleman whose name should be lost to history. And so I I didn't quote him, but he did say that it was in quotes that by letting women vote, we would turn back the hands of time by a thousand years. So, and that was kind of the general sentiment before women had the right to vote. Then we were going to put women in schools. And that was a terrible idea because educating women would, of course, bring them out of the home. It would make them not want to have their rightful place. And worse than that, it would make them question their husbands. And of course, we had love, honor, and obey. There was no obey in the man's side. It was obey was the woman's side that you had to obey your husband when you married him. Those were in your wedding vows. And that meant obey him in all things. So if we educated women, they might not want to obey their husbands. So check, terrible idea. There were co-ed schools. The idea that women were not only allowed in schools, but that they should be allowed to distract men There was a similar concern for a very, very long time. I don't think it has gone away fully that women shouldn't be in the army or other military branches, that women, even if they are allowed in, shouldn't be in combat. That's something that we still struggle with today. So the idea of having men and women interact in an educational environment or in an environment that, again, is considered to be the male environment exclusively is not supposedly okay. Then we had racially integrated schools. I could find a lot of quotes talking about what a terrible idea it would be if people of different colors, different races were allowed to be in school together. I don't like to perpetuate those terrible stereotypes, but I will just say there were a lot of stupid people for a long time who thought that people shouldn't of different races shouldn't interact and were willing to take those terrible ideas and put them into laws and make it illegal for you to do anything different. Speaking of music, back to Elvis, I saw a couple of years ago a picture of Ella Fitzgerald wearing a mink coat, sitting with another Black woman wearing a mink coat. And the two of them were sitting huddled together with their heads in their hands behind prison bars because Ella had been arrested for singing in front of a white audience. That's the kind of stuff where 
again, it gets lost to history, but that one picture to me spoke so much about such a, a really misguided time in our history. And it's really about us allowing ideas that are better than the old ideas to supplant the old ideas. And there's a lot of kicking and screaming when that happens. So let's go back to the financial things. We're going to skip forward a couple of generations and online shopping back in the 90s. I remember when Amazon was the stupidest thing ever. I didn't find any quotes about that, but I can tell you the people that I was working with in Seattle when Amazon launched, so many people thought it was just a terrible idea. Why wouldn't you want to go into a bookstore to buy books? Why was this company that was just selling books calling itself Amazon? And why on earth would you give anybody your credit card? That also was the idea of taking payments digitally was terrifying to a lot of people. And for good reason. There was a lot of fraud with digital payments. There still is a lot of fraud with digital payments. You know, I remember uh, one weekend back in the, I guess it was the early 2000s, it was a Friday and my bank closed over the weekend. This was well before there were online banks that did that kind of transaction. The smaller banks didn't do it. And so my bank would close on a Friday and then it would open on Monday and there were no transactions processed online. They did have online banking. There were no transactions processed online over the weekend. Well, between Friday and Monday, somebody came in impersonated me, got a bunch of $200 gift cards from like Target or something, cashed them in, got all their merchandise and went home. And the bank didn't know about it until Monday. And, you know, I was protected. My transactions were were insured, but the bank, of course, lost the money. And that kind of thing happened a lot when digital transactions were occurring. At the time, I tried to report it and they said that the authorities were about six months behind with digital impersonation. And I think now there's something like five years behind or something. You know, if, if you were wanted a career as a criminal doing illegal digital transactions would probably be pretty lucrative because nobody has time to chase down anything unless it's really, really big. It's a little bit sad and scary. But again, there was this period where everybody said digital transactions were a terrible idea because of fraud. And yet now we really don't have any issues. Amazon, especially during the pandemic, people who were not interested in doing digital transactions moved into doing digital transactions. People who were not interested in participating in that kind of transaction really had no choice. And as they got more comfortable, they started to do more of it to the point where Amazon's profits absolutely soared during the pandemic. There are all kinds of other things that we could talk about. I gave you some examples from like a cross cut of history and a cross cut of both financial and non-financial transactions. But I did want to give you one more. I found a quote from 2018 from a think tank researcher who said that central banks having a digital currency was one of the worst financial ideas of recent times. So that was in the middle of 2018, and now it's the middle of 2022. 
and a central bank digital currency has not only been floated, it is now receiving a lot of acceptance. And there is an expectation that in the next year or two, that the banks will launch a central bank digital currency. And why will they do that? So that they can get on the crypto bandwagon. They've not been able to kill crypto. So it's like, you can't beat them, join them. Now, what does this mean for you? I always like to ask that question when I'm thinking about what content I'm creating for these episodes, when I also think about why you would care to listen. I think that if you're not comfortable with cryptocurrency, you're not comfortable with the idea of maybe even digital currency at this point, that you will find that the more exposure that you get to it, the more comfortable you can get. And What would you do to get exposure? Well, listening to this podcast is a really good start. Getting education is a way to get comfortable. We often fear what we don't understand. We often fear what we don't know. So getting to know something and getting to learn about it is often the best way of getting more comfortable with it. So I really encourage you to get educated. And I really encourage you to continue to listen to more episodes of Goddess of Crypto, to like it, to share it with your friends, to let all of the women in your life know about it. I feel like we are wired differently. Some of us are more wired for risk and some of us less so. Some of us are more wired for change and some of us not so much. And some of us are more wired for trying new things, being early adopters versus being the last one to join into something. And you know which where you fit on any one of those scales. However, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology are really here to stay. I talked about this in a recent episode. It's worth mentioning again, 75% of retailers that were recently surveyed by Deloitte said that they expected to be taking some form of cryptocurrency within the next two years. I know that I was at the Bitcoin conference last summer and have spoken about this in a previous episode as well, when uh, Strike announced that they had made deals with all of the major retailers and all of the major in-person cash point transaction companies to be able to accept crypto you know, at a Walmart, at a Chipotle, at a Target, all the, you know, at a Safeway, all of those types of places. So just as you put your Apple Pay card down now inside of your Apple wallet, you also will be able to do that simply using your crypto wallet. For us, it's going to look pretty transparent. For the retailer, they are so incentivized to do this. And that's something that that's really an important point. When a retailer is incentivized to make a change quickly, they're answering the question, what's in it for them? And they can see something big is in it for them. And that's true of all of us when we're making changes. So the retailer in this case is very incentivized because they're paying somewhere between two and a quarter and three and a half percent on every single transaction. And it's taking several days to hit the bank. And the promise of the lightning network with the company strike is that these transactions will begin to cost less than a penny and they will be instant. So I can put in any crypto and that retailer is going to see their 
US dollars or their their euros or whatever the currency is in their bank account the same day and the transaction will take place so fast that even the volatility of the crypto market won't really matter because it's really that peer to peer transaction so we're seeing in the future very quickly they're saying that a billion people at the current rate of adoption which is one in 6 or one in 7 people in the world including all the undeveloped countries so if you say like 4 billion people in the major developed countries we would be looking at one in 4 people at that point would have adopted crypto within the next 4 years that's very fast it means there's going to be this enormous acceleration do you need to be afraid of that you don't but do you want to participate in it that's a choice No, there's people who are off grid right now who will never get to hear this podcast because they won't have anything to do with the internet. They won't have anything to do with Wi-Fi. Those are choices that you get to make, but those are usually people who got educated enough to understand whether that was something that they wanted or they didn't want. So I really want to encourage you to get the education that you want to decide whether you like change before you make a decision about whether you want to participate in the change or not. I hope this episode of Goddess of Crypto has been helpful to you. I hope that you will like it, you will comment on it, and you will share it. Share it with your wives, your mothers, your girlfriends, your partners, all of the beloved women in your life. I will see you next time on Goddess of Crypto. Every week, transformational wealth coach Hallie Evelyn leads a conversation that helps to ensure that women everywhere can learn to surf the coming tsunami of the new energy of money. You can find her at goddessofcrypto.me. That's goddessofcrypto.me. Be sure to subscribe to Goddess of Crypto on your favorite platform or watch the show on YouTube. And remember, wealth isn't just your privilege. It's your right. <laughs>